This is the Dosa Cero Podcast, a weekly show devoted to football in Mexico, the U.S., and beyond. If you are a pocho, puma, regio, chiva, cholo, fresa, tigre, tapatio, chilango, or even a Methodist, pull up a chair, crack open a cold one, and enjoy the next 90 minutes of heated football debate. Thus begins the... Good evening, everybody. Thank you for joining us tonight on the Dosa Cero podcast, the Yamarito production. My name is John Jagu. have our talented cast of characters with us as usual again tonight. Thank you for joining us again. If you have any questions or comments, uh, we are broadcasting live on YouTube, so please feel free to leave those in the comment section. And of course, for those of you that aren't joining us live, you know that you can listen to this and other archived podcasts on iTunes. I want to thank, uh, first of all, some uh, some of our listeners, members of the uh, Academia Española, making sure that we pronounce everything the way that, that God intended in the lingua de la madre de la madre patria. I'm make sure we take care of that tonight. But we have many topics to discuss with y'all. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, yesterday's friendly between Mexico and Senegal, which happened in Miami at the Marlins Park, a converted baseball field. We'll talk about that. Mexico winning 2-0. One of our own made the game. Uh, Albert El Chiqui Scampa was uh, a member of the press, and we'll talk to him about his experiences and what tasty inside information he was able to get with his one-on-one Nicolini, which we'll talk about a little later. Uh, we'll talk about some uh, Liga MX items, a little uh, morsels, things, quotes that have been said, etc. And we will wrap it up with uh, some talk with Bob Chicharito, who uh, did not score in his German Cup game uh, in midweek, but did break his butt. So we will talk about that a little bit later. But first of all, before we get going, let's go ahead and introduce the folks that are on the podcast with us tonight. Up in Connecticut, we have Christian Velez. How are you, sir? Hey, how you doing, John? I'm doing all right. I uh, just want to wish all of you a very warm dos acero and many more to come. Thank you, Christian. We will uh, accept your wishes with grace. Out in Escondido, California, a little under the weather, but he is taking one for the team, joining us tonight in Escondido, California. Daniel Preciado, how are you, sir? Well, as you mentioned, um, I'm a little under the weather, but I'm her, showing that grit. So, so yeah, I'm ready. I'm bringing it. <laughs> was that believable at all? Yeah, absolutely. I was, you know, I thought I was a little labored, but, you know, I okay. think it's across. All right, well, I am, I, I, am, uh, I am fighting through it, so but good to be here, guys. Well, we certainly appreciate having you. I'm sure that you and uh, Mr. De Luna will want to discuss the America Santos game that held over the weekend. I believe you, at one point, had asked Ronaldo to uh, eat a bag of something. Well, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Over in uh, eastern, actually, I guess, yeah, eastern Hayes County, south of Austin, we have a newly minted member of the working press, Alberto Campa. How are you, sir? Hey, doing good. I want to say, I want to say what's up to Uncle Metalero. 
for 10 minutes, he should be here listening listening in. And uh, I know I just came back from Miami, but I also just came back from uh, uh, following Google Sanchez, the posters uh, example, and rolling around uh, with other dudes in pajamas. <laughs> other word, in other words, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Wow. Be here, though. <laughs> Exciting. Okay. Well, I'm sure that piqued uh, Ronnie's interest. Man rolling around. Well, yeah, a man rolling around in pajamas. You know, it's funny because I can I was, see the fight. I'm not going to be rolling around with you, dudes. Okay, that's gay. Okay, I was let's, I was driving up from Port Aransas, and there was a song "Pajamarama" that played by Brian Ferry. Interesting. Hmm. Who knew pajama would be mentioned twice in one night? Crazy. Over in uh, did we say was it uh, South Central in La, in Los Angeles? Joel Aceves, how are you, sir? Jolayon. Doing pretty good. Jolayon? Yeah. I, I managed to see games now. I've seen two games. Wow. A good, a, a good 40 minutes of soccer. Congratulations. And and at what point did you want to throw up? Nah. Uh, it was it was fun. No, well, that's good to know. You didn't, like, you didn't have it just a, maybe just a tiny little bit of bile that kind of creeped up a little... When you saw how bad they were playing, or oh, you must be referring to Chivas. Yeah. Nah, it, it was more of a I, I told you so moment. Yeah, I shouldn't have enjoyed. Sorry. All right. <laughs> well, it's good to have you with us again, Joel. Always, always a pleasure. And up in Philadelphia, a card-carrying member of the uh, Lions Club there in Big Soccer Tepec. Or is it Big Soccer Titlan? I always get that confused. Big Soccer Titlan. Titlan. It's not Big Soccer Tepeapulco? No? No. Or Big big Soccer Huapan? No, el hijo pródigo de Big Soccer Titlan. Remember well, that. Regardless of where it is. Uh, where I know you you call Philadelphia home now. Yeah. We're talking to Ronnie De Luna. Ronaldo, how are you, sir? Freezing my pelotas off. It's really cold. Yeah, did you guys get more snow? Uh, it was snowing just a little this uh, morning, but it's just the wind chill, man. It, it's really bad. Did you get, the, again, the full 12 inches last night like you did in the, no. in the first mm. storm? No. Nothing, not even close. Like yeah. I said, it snowed maybe like 30, like 30 minutes, if that, but, I mean, not enough till you can even see it. Are you saying that somebody played just the tip? Yep. You're just saying, the tip. Yeah. Are you saying you didn't go the full 90? No. <laughs> some uh, certain Lotharios. No, they just uh, played with me. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, so you guys have met our cast of characters. We got our first dick joke out of the way, so we want to make sure we somebody score that. That happened with uh, I think five minutes and thirty-two seconds into the show. Congratulations. We should. I was jumping at the bit, John. Sorry. No, it's okay. It's okay. But we are going to talk about soccer, and we're going to talk, uh, first of all, about the game that happened last night, a, uh, a classic Moledo, I, I think, would be the best way to describe it. Mexico against Senegal's Olympic team in Miami at uh, Marlins Park, a stadium that is that we could see used for more for baseball than, than soccer. Once again, they had uh, play on a field that had freshly sodded areas. There were some players that did well. There were some players that did not. And uh, at the end of it, 
the the score ended up being 2-0, but in a friendlies like that, you really want to see how players do individually, etc., to really evaluate the, the value of the friendly. And, of course, we'll discuss who we thought did and who did not shine last night against Senegal. But, again, we're going to talk um, uh, with Albert about his experience there in Miami, and we'll go over Liga MX. And, of course, we'll talk about Chicharito's broken ass. But first of all, let's talk about the game. 2-0, Mexico wins with goals by uh, Rodolfo Pizarro and Dueñas. It's not Duenas ESPN, it's Dueñas. All 1-6-4 for the Enya, for, for you folks that don't know. Anyway, they got the goals uh, late in the second half from crosses from the two uh, youngsters. One guy who no one really understood why he was on the team, and Candido Ramirez, and of course the other guy, Irvin Lozano, who is one of the, I guess, brightest young stars that Mexico has. Uh, we'll uh, go ahead and start with you, Daniel, since you're the sickest. want to make sure we get your, uh, your, your point of view across before you lose your voice. Did, did you watch the game? What were your impressions? I did watch the game very, obviously, I mean, it's hard to, to be overly critical when the, when the players themselves have played together probably never, or most of them anyway, and so it's kind of hard to gauge it or be overly critical from that standpoint, but yeah, it looked really bad, uh, the, but to Osorio's points, which I do agree with, you know, the, 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 the chances that Senegal did have came off, came off mistakes, and then again, and hopefully what becomes typical Osorio fashion, the team responds in the second half and makes it look nice at the, at the end, even though it may not be the prettiest. But he's definitely getting results. Okay. Is there who, um, um, who impressed and you? And also, I guess, uh, what the, I was going to say uh, Lozano. And actually, uh, Candido was, was pretty good, too. I didn't really expect him, expect much, for, for a guy who doesn't really play much. Um, to be honest with you, the, the one thing that stood out to me the most, and I'm sure everybody will comment on it in probably greater depth than I will, but was, um, <clears throat> gosh, of course, a typical uh, me fashion. I'm forgetting his name. Um, you talking about uh, the Jerry? defender? Yeah, J Jerry. Um, um, Flores. Flores, oh, sorry. Uh, Jerry Flores, dude, he um, was frustrating because he made, I think he made Jurgen Dan look like he had a bad game because he would just never pass him the ball. So you thought that Jerry Flores had the worst game. That's interesting. Yeah, it aggravated me because, I mean, if the ball went to him, it was basically guaranteed that, that there was going to be no, um, no, it was good, the, the, the ball was definitely going to go backwards. Basically. No production. Yep. Interesting. All right, well, we'll, uh, we'll discuss that in further detail after we get everyone's uh, little taste of the game. Christian? Did you get you uh, on the East Coast? You actually had a game that started at a decent hour. Usually, when Mexico plays friendlies, they're you know out in LA where the game starts at eleven o'clock for you because I know they start late for me. But uh, you got to see it was on the East Coast. Uh, what were your what was your initial impression? Yeah, no, of course. You know, it's it's nice to have games that are um, uh, you know at a reasonable time on this side of the of the U.S. Uh, um, I I kind of got I went with the with you know I kind of ate. The what do you call it? La, La Finta. So the game said they started. You know, it's supposed to start at eight, uh, eight o'clock, and it didn't actually start till eight thirty. But um, I thought uh, initially, uh, overall, the game was was not very good. And uh, and I knew that going into the game, it's it's a friendly game, like uh, like Dan said. You know, with a, with a lot of players that hadn't played together, and 
but most importantly, simply because we were going to be playing an African team, and that regardless of the quality of, of these African teams, at any given point, Mexico struggles because of the physicality and the speed with which they close down the spaces that, that Mexico tends to exploit. Uh, so I knew it wasn't going to be, you know, um, a, a very, you know, pretty game, so to speak. Um, it got pretty towards the end because the spaces opened up and the Senegalese players sort of tired out a little bit and uh, their, you know, their, their tactical discipline sort of fell off a little bit and, and that's where Mexico sort of um, <clears throat> was able to, you know, get things going a little bit. But overall... Um, the first, I, uh, well, you know, I would, I could do it by halves. I'll say the first half, I was, uh, to me, the best player was uh, Araujo, Nestor Araujo, um, in part because he was rocking a very strong beard, very nicely trimmed. I was impressed by that. Um, and, you know, a little bit jealous too. But uh, the second half, I'd say that uh, the inclusion of Molina and Jimenez, Israel Jimenez, was really what was able to give Mexico a little bit of balance, um, both in the defense and in the midfield. Because, like Dan said, Jerry Flores was, was an absolute wreck. You know, and this is a player that I'm, <clears throat> I, I've been very partial towards for for you know the last couple of years. I think he had he was a hot mess. He did not play. Yeah, well. he, was he was not. He was not good. And and Dan had a very good point. I think that in retrospect, if you look at um, Jurgen Dam, I think that uh, part of the problem that he had was that uh, Jerry Flores wouldn't release the ball quick enough uh, when he had him. Yeah, trying to finally get it. Dam had a double team. Yeah, and you know, and then if he if he did manage to get past the two players that were marking him. The third center uh, center back for Senegal would just simply slide in, and, and then it's just it's just it was too congested for him to really exploit his his strengths. Uh, in the second half, I was impressed with, like I said, uh, Molina and uh, and Israel Jimenez, and also the inclusion of uh, Rodolfo Pizarro really helped to give some clarity in the midfield. And and by by default, uh, Edgar Duenas was able to do a lot more as well because you know Savala uh, uh, was was just really not up to par. And I think that, if anything, we can take away from this game is the fact that um, we can look at some of the players that did well, but I think the, the, the clearer picture is the players that did not do well and are probably not going to be getting you know, a lot of chances. And, and, and that's a, a good point because that you know friendlies are, are, are just as good to seeing who can't cut it, and I have no problem with that. Okay, very good point. We'll move on. Hoan, did you, you got to watch, watch what, like, what, 20, 30 minutes of the game yesterday? Yeah, I saw the last... From minute 60. So I saw the last 40 minutes. You saw I mean, 30, 40 minutes. 30 minutes. That's all you really need. Well, let me ask you exactly. Let me ask you. So you got to see the last 30 minutes. Do you find it interesting that... that it wasn't necessarily... It, was it seemed like it was all of them, more or less the youngsters... That, that played better, and then, of course, the older guys, the guys that didn't deserve to be there as much, not as well. I mean, that, that was the impression that I got. What, what did you think? Well, John, I wasn't really paying attention to the, to the team as a whole. <laughs> I was just looking at, like, individual players. But, like, um, like uh, Christian pointed out, Senegal tired out, and uh, I I think that that's one of the what happens is that we we didn't take into consideration there's a team that flew 18 hours to play the Molero game, 
Right. So I, I think it's, it was just it's just a difficult match in that if you lose, you look bad. And then if you win, you can't even brag about it. So, so yeah, I just, I, I the only one to see Picolin, and then uh, <laughs> that's the, see that that's where they messed up, man. Would have gotten a better draw if he played. And uh, yeah, and like Dan pointed out, uh, Candido impressed me just because he, as soon as he came in, he <laughs> he managed to do a good cross. And you guys know, I'm sorry, go, continue, Juan. No, no, that was it. That was. You guys know that Picolin was licking his chops, knowing that he had a bunch of, you know, they already, you know, the Africans already have the, uh, the reputation of being los inocentes, right? That's what they always call them, you know, naive <laughs> players. And then you have a guy like Picolin going up against a bunch of, you know, twenty, twenty-one year olds, man. John, <laughs> John, was, do you, go ahead. Do you think, do you think that there was like pressure because of the criticism from the press? So Osorio was like. Whatever, just leave him in the bench. You know, I ha I, I don't know. I, I I don't I don't think Osorio cares all that much. You know, Corona was having a hell of a night. I mean, he really uh, saved Yasser Corona's butt. But we'll, we'll we'll talk about that here in a little bit longer. I, I don't necessarily think it was, uh, you know, mandated or decided because of other outside reasons. But we'll move on. Uh, we uh, have someone who. Missed part of the partido molero because he was actually being a molero, and that's uh, Ronaldo de Luna. How are you, sir? Well, what, did uh, you, what, what, what did you see? Oh, actually, I didn't. I didn't watch the entire game because I was actually. I actually cared more about the Libertadores because I mean it's actually a game that may, meant something. Uh, I mean, twenty years watching molero games, uh, you know, Libertadores means a lot more to me than than, than that. Uh, but having said that, I, I can't. I think it was Dan. Was it you, Dan, that said that you know when we play against these African teams, they steal a lot? I mean, you know, the ball that is. Um, no, that wasn't me, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay, that was you, Christian. I, I might have mentioned something okay. like that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, yeah. I mean, so you gotta, you know, you, you gotta keep your head on a swivel when you play against those type of teams because you know they just come out, you know, from nowhere and and, and try to get the ball from you. Uh, but I just, you know, from like I said, I watched the Libertadores match, which, which uh, I mean, that's. For a different segment of the of the show here, I I was not impressed, but what from what I saw from Mexico, I thought it was sluggish. Now, obviously, that had to do with the players not being cohesive, and that's not I mean that's not that's not Osorio's fault. That's not the players' fault. It's just you know it, it's a tryout of, uh, of sorts. So I mean, you you kind of knew that this was going to happen. So I mean, I don't you, you know me, I don't think highly of Osorio, but I don't think you know this result or this game should be should you know add it you know gas to the a barometer to measure anything. No, 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 not at all. No, not at all. Uh, if anything, if anything, I think the criticism should go to to uh, Santiago Bathroom. I mean, what the hell were they thinking scheduling a game in in Miami? You know. Well, I don't, uh, I don't think he has anything to do with that. Uh, I, well, I mean. Well, yeah, I mean him and Desio and all those guys. I mean, dude, why do you why do you think they went to Miami? Well, my, Florida really hasn't really been a, a a place for Mexico. I mean, why I do mean, you think they went to Miami? It has nothing to do with the Concacaf meeting. Well, not just that. I mean, that's where you know their 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 rights holders have studios. They were doing 
other other things. I mean, Mexico shouldn't complain because I mean they're making a lot of on the TV deals anyhow. Right. I mean, but well, like see, I said, I don't. My big issue with 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 playing in Miami is, you know, playing Miami fine, but do it in in, in a fecha FIFA and then talk exactly. to England. Exactly. Or France, or, or some somebody who actually would go. Oh, Miami, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, no. The players I, I, would love it. Again, I'm not. I'm in in the minority. I don't. I I don't. I don't think bad of these Moleto games because you you should know this, John. I mean, you followed soccer you know a lot longer than I have. Before you know the Moleto games became the Moleto games, Mexican teams would basically play. In resort towns in Mexico, whether they would go to Ixtapan de la Sal, whether they would go to Cancun, whether they would they would go to Cuernavaca, and they would you know the, the teams would rent hotels and they would play you know, like in you know in golf you know resorts of sorts. I mean, you kind of have to give it up to to the owners and the, and the you know because they're at least they're business savvy enough to make money on games that otherwise they would have you know lot you know lose money. I mean, I, I remember when Toluca would go to Ixtapan de la Sal, which was which is about an hour an hour, hour and a half away from Toluca. So I don't good for them. I mean, if they can make the money, make the money. But I just thought that the place where they went was stupid, considering you know what you're saying is you know it's not a it's not a FIFA date. You don't have your stars. You're going with you know BC yeah, teamers. Yeah, yeah. That's my biggest. That was my yeah. that. I mean, they could have played that one in Fresno, and and they would have drawn twenty thousand. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, uh, uh, other than that, like I said, I, I don't. I'm not going to critique Nosorio on this. I'm not going to critique the players. It's, uh, it was it was bad and for obvious reasons. Wow. So. But, so I, you but will I'm pass. happy. I, I I am happy about the result. I am happy about the result. You will uh, you will abstain from any more commentary tonight. You will. No, from that, yes. Okay. Okay, so my, my next question to y'all is, as, as some folks said it, you know, friendlies are, are more of a individual evaluation than anything else, unless you're getting ready to, unless you're, you know, prepping for a tournament, etc. Especially a game like this, you know, that there were a lot of folks that had, uh, you know, that played well and then made a good impression. Of course, there were some that, that that did not. I'll give you two. I'll get one that did, one that didn't. In my opinion, the guy that really looked good was uh, Israel Jimenez. I think he's been playing great for Tigres. I think he is a is going to give uh, Paul Aguilar a, a, a real run, or whoever plays on the right, because I think Layun will definitely end up on the left. Is going to give them a real run. I think that that's the reason why Layun is playing on the right because they have no one on the right. I don't think that they like uh, Aguilar and. So I think Jimenez really, really, really uh, helped himself. A guy who didn't, and I can't really blame him because he hadn't played at all since he'd hurt himself, was Yasser Corona. I think it was kind of mean to ask him to play a game like that uh, with with very little prep time or, I guess, getting back into, for him to get back in rhythm. But he made three huge mistakes. All three of them led to uh, scoring chances, one where they should have scored. I mean, the guy missed... Uh, a sitter. I mean, he was. It was right there. Great save by Corona. So those two guys, to me, in, in my opinion, were the ones that helped themselves the most and hurt themselves the most. So, anybody else have anything to add? Oh, Albert. Good lord. I mean, we have to move on and talk about your uh, your experience there in Miami. So please, Albert, tell us about your experience. Oh yeah, it was fun. I uh, got there. Uh, 
yesterday. Uh, they were practicing and everything on on Tuesday. I didn't I didn't make that, but got there Wednesday. Uh, arrived at the stadium about three or four hours early, and the uh, sponsors, Makita um, Tools, Home Depot, Allstate, AT and T had all they had all their stuff ready to go. There's a there's maybe three or four families out there. Um, uh, I waited a few hours. People started going or arriving and everything. I walked around because I was going to go check out Pancho Villa's army um, down the street. Um, and I was noticing just like the parking, the police were out there directing traffic, but there weren't there weren't many cars. Parking was still available all over the place. I think there was $15 parking, $25. Um, it just seemed empty. I've been to a few friendlies in uh, Houston and San Antonio and Phoenix, and it just didn't compare at all. I was waiting and waiting for people to arrive, and then I just got hungry, so I went up and ate. <laughs> Took uh, Ronnie's suggestion, went up and ate at the, at the press box. Uh, got me some grub. And then, Is it a product of the Moleto or more a product of the city where the game was being played? I think it was more a product of the location. Location, yeah, and Moleto. The, the games that I've assisted or went to in San Antonio and Houston were against the U.S. The one in Phoenix... It was it was packed. Also, was against Colombia. That was yeah, a long time ago. Miami is a city that can't. It's not going to pack a Mexico. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, forty thousand or so, unless the fans are there to see the other team. I mean, that's just the reality. Well, Miami, that's what happened uh, when we played Colombia there about four years ago. Uh, it was actually a FIFA date. Is you know now uh, FIFA has done away with most of the friendly dates. Really, I mean, they're shown in calendar, so. Um, there are not going to be a lot of opportunities to bring teams over to the U.S. to play friendlies, because uh, at least on FIFA dates, because it's just uh, there's either going to be qualifiers or official tournaments essentially. So that's right. one of the big things that UEFA sort of pushed for to minimize uh, the extra FIFA dates for friendlies. But uh, when we played Colombia there in 2012, uh, it was actually Chepo's uh, first loss, I believe. Um, if I'm not mistaken, um, and uh, the crowd was was a majority of Colombians. I mean, I think that is one of those rare few instances that you'll see where uh, where Mexico isn't the the home crowd, even in the U.S. or especially in the U.S. Um, yes. so yeah, Miami's just not a great sports town anyway, but but uh, even less so for Mexican national team games. Three. Yeah, like the okay. scalper. The scalper. I was talking to the scalper. He said there's a lot of Spanish people. A lot of Spanish people. He asked me if I was Spanish. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of Spanish. I'm trying to sell these tickets to a bunch of Spanish people. But, uh, but yeah, that was... Isn't that the, the generic term that's used on part of the East Coast for anybody who's Hispanic? Yes, yes and I hate that. Yeah. I yeah, hate that. So you know, it's I like can... a thing you could say to somebody. Are you Spanish? Uh, no, I'm not from Spain. But he, wouldn't, he wouldn't have it. He was being hard-headed. <laughs> I ain't wasting time with this dude. But yeah, anyway, I, was, uh, I went up there, um, took a picture, and I posted on Twitter of the of the stands, and it was pretty sad. There's blue seats all over the place. Uh, so I mean, the, the fans were waiting for them to arrive, and some did, but it was it wasn't too many. Yeah, the game only drew like eighteen thousand people. So fifteen thousand eight hundred. And that was a record. They said uh, they announced it. It was a record for a soccer game, and for baseball because the Marlins have a terrible draw at that stadium as well. Yeah. Hey, Chief, hey, hey, Beto, did you uh, did you run into anybody uh, from big soccer or 
Anybody no, no. else? Nobody. I ran into some dudes that uh, cover Orlando, the Orlando team. Mm-hmm. They their own podcast. I need to check them out. Uh, any, okay, cool. Uh, and then I saw a bunch of other guys like the uh, Fernando Fiori, uh, other animals, and all those, yeah. all those typical dudes. Where's the picture with her? Uh, that was during the press conference, so I didn't take any pictures. But he uh, just, he just, photo bomber. You were taking the selfies there. With the... <laughs> now, uh, Beto, does uh, my rep- reputation precede me? I mean, when they saw Soccer Chronicle, did they, you know, give the works? They put no. a name tag on the on the on the table there where I got to sit down. That was pretty cool. Okay, good, good. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and on the half, I wasn't no, like very back. I was how far me. down the row. <laughs> Spot twenty-eight. So. How close was the wall? That, that's my question. How close? Was the wall? They didn't. They didn't. Co- they didn't come up to you. Shake. You know. Shake your hand. Kiss your ring finger. And say, "Aquí está Don 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 Beto." They didn't yeah. offer you a, a foot rub. <laughs> Butt rub. <laughs> oh, nice. Get yeah. that kink out. No, but you as know. far as the game, it was. I mean, I agree with what everyone was saying. Um, I think. Jerry Flores started out bad, but Yasser beat him out. He played even worse. Mm. And John makes a good point about his uh, his activity and, and stuff. So it was it was unfortunate. Um, and a clip that I got uh, that I found interesting from the press conference after after the game, everyone pretty much rushed to the downstairs, and we were waiting for the mix zone for the players to come by. Just walked right by. Um, well, there, we were waiting for, uh, for so long. The Senegal players walked by, and we asked a few if they spoke English. Nobody did. So, for, for folks who don't know, when you go to these games, after you're done, you're in the in the, in the like the guts of the stadium, the the tunnels in the stadium. They have an area from either I forget is it from the locker room to the buses, or or, or the, there's a specific area. That the players walk by, it's called the mix zone. It's where the media can stand and ask questions. And very few times they're gonna have players at a station where you can just, you know, have uh, guys come up and talk to them. They just, they just walk by. Some guys will stop and talk, and some will not. It sounded like none <laughs> stopped and talked. So how was the mix zone set up there at the at the baseball stadium? It was a, it was a little like, uh, you know, the wall with the sponsors and everything. A little path, a green path for them to walk through, and then. Our barrier for for us, where we were standing waiting for them. They told us that Osorio was coming for the conference, so um, we all went there. But then we said, "Okay, are the players going to come at the same time?" And she was like, "Oh, I don't know. Um, just peek out." And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. So I went in, and then I was like looking out the window to see if I can see players' heads pop by. Um, I was listening to the press conference. I, I didn't want to be rude. He had he had a good quote. This a Senegal press guy asked him a question in English, and I thought he uh, it was a good. It was a good question. I have a clip of it real quick, but uh, um, he answered that. It was sort of interesting. A lot of uh, the Mexican media, uh, you know, threw softballs at him, so that was sort of. Play the clip. Yeah, and then and then I went out, and then when I went out, players were there, so, and just a few, so I didn't see the whole team or anything walk through. So, and I don't know if I missed people, but players were there, so I rushed out and tried to tried yeah. to get some. But here's the here's the clip. I won't play the because uh, he had a bad accent. It's not really uh, understandable. Uh, but basically, he people get the gist. He he asked Osorio like, "What um, what do you think of your team allowing almost two, three opportunities for goal? You know, pretty much saying, you know, what's up?" And this was uh, Osorio's response in English. 
I think three opportunities that he spoke about, but it wasn't because they really create something. It was more our mistakes. The third, third minute in the first half, our defender, can say Corona has a back control that allows you forward to go and almost score. In the second half, there is a wide free kick, a knight from the sideline, order to play short. And it's a counter attack. That was it. So I don't really think it was because the system was most more our own mistakes and our Okay, so basically what he's saying is that even though uh, they had those opportunities, it wasn't his tactics, it wasn't the formation, the system that they were playing that failed them. It was an individual guy. So he seemed like sort of on the defensive where the guy was just like saying, you know, we almost had a chance to get you guys. And, and he was like on the defensive. And he wasn't on the defensive with anyone else. I mean, he did mention the, the same sort of statement with others, but um, yeah, I thought that was sort of interesting. Did uh, did you think that was defensive? Did he like like back away from the podium and answer the word or like stand up really menacing while he was talking? No, it, wasn't, it wasn't fully defensive. Yeah, hey, maybe it's just his English because you know maybe it's just his way he you know he speaks English. Yeah. But sort of like you know saying okay you you guys didn't really it wasn't really it, it's sort of forward. I think it's the cadence, the the way that he sort of the way that he talks. Uh, like a lot of us that are you know bilingual, if, I don't know if you've noticed, but when you switch from Spanish to English, your cadence sort of changes a little bit simply because that's just kind of the way that it is. I don't think Osorio has that. I, I, obviously, I don't know how fluent he. I don't think he's very very fluent in English, but I mean I think that he has a point. I think that you know without throwing Corona under the bus, I mean it, it, he. It's true. I mean, uh, you know, he made two or three mistakes in the first half that could have, should have been punished. Huge mistakes. You know, I mean, they really should have. I mean, I mean, you know, you look at the save that Corona had, uh, Jesus Corona, and it was a tremendous save. But I mean, I think that uh, a more seasoned team, a more prepared team, would have easily put those away. And then you're looking to dig out of a hole. And I think that um, pointing out that it was individual mistakes. Could come across a little condescending, especially in, in another language. But I think he was on point. I think if we all watch, those of us who watched the first half, I mean, at least I remember when, when Corona made the, when the ball bounced and he just took forever, it was just kind of watching it come down and waiting for it to settle when he really should have just kicked it out, you know, up, out, anywhere, but just sat, you know, waiting for the ball to settle. And the guy just took it and it was just like, okay, here we go. Like the guy is pretty much running on goal by himself. And then he made a great play. I mean, you got to give it to him. He made a great play because he saw his, his teammate coming parallel to him, and he just slid it right over to him, you know? And uh, and the guy, I mean, I think he was kind of slipping and falling at the same time, but he did put it on frame. But Corona made, he, he, he followed the play and made the save. And uh, and then, then and, you know, and, and we're watching it on TV. There was a, there, one of the, the TV guys was saying, you know, Osorio is probably hoping in the sideline that this is the one and only mistake that uh, Yasser Corona is going to make, and sure enough, a few minutes later, he makes another mistake, and then he had another one after that. But, so you know, yeah, I mean, I think I think that you know, it was a, uh, it, it could be misconstrued, but I, I think you know, as, as bad as Corona played, I mean, he hadn't he had, he got hurt right before the Gold Cup, so he was in rehab, and he just came back what maybe maybe a week or two ago, if that. So he's he has 
definitely less than five games under his belt. Yeah. Um, needless to say, only- this is not a guy that he. But you know what? It's fun. I do have a question for Albert, though, because Albert, I, I listened to that clip, and I'm pretty sure that if he would have used the cables and the recorder and plugged them in, it would not have sounded like that. So how did you record that? I'm just curious. <laughs> That was off my. That was off my phone. Um, off your phone. I, I was looking for those cables to plug them in, and uh-huh. I was looking like at the front of the room, and I was like, "Where is this stuff?" Oh no, they'd be in the back where the cameras are. Yeah, and then at the end, I, I looked towards oh, my. I saw it. <laughs> All the cables standing there, with the with the box open. I was like, "Oh man, messed up." But yeah, then after that, I ran out, talked to, uh, or I tried to, you know, get some more clips and stuff, and talked to Picoline, and then everybody was. Everyone, all the uh, was gone. So all you saw were crickets, like tumbleweeds blowing through. I, I got a quote. I got a quote from. I asked. I asked Picolina about Pumas. Um, I can play it, but uh, it's gonna bring out the uh, pochones and. <laughs> don't be scared. In my Spanish, but check it out. <laughs> don't be scared. Pumas. <laughs> Ya llegaron a la final en la temporada pasada. ¿Cómo ves que están siguiendo en esta temporada de la, la clausura? No, sin duda, sin duda alguna no hemos tenido un, un buen inicio de torneo, el que esperábamos. Pero bueno, estamos tranquilos. Estamos trabajando para sacar esto adelante y, y espero todavía el torneo es joven y confío en que, en que no vamos a poder recuperar. Gracias, suerte y espero volverte a ver aquí en la selección. You interviewed the coolest dude in that squad, dude. Yeah. Uh, but, but that's legit, dude. I'm so impressed right now. When they interviewed him, one dude said, uh, What's If Hoyle would suck you, he would. <laughs> <laughs> that's badass. One guy said, No, Hoyle and Picolin, they put you out there to practice and they didn't put you in. Just messing with him and stuff. and Another person, like if he's if if he's you know in, in plans for future uh, call up, but you know of course he doesn't know that stuff. So yeah, he was he was positive and everything, and I think. Uh, Did you say suerte y un abrazo? No, I said suerte. <laughs> oh. Ah, okay. Suerte y un beso. Asustitos. Yeah, I think I, and oh, one other thing that I noticed there, uh, uh, Jesus Corona was out, uh, was out there. Being interviewed, and I, I got really close to him, and I just you know just looking at him, and and initially you know from all the headbutt thing, uh, drama and all, that, I was like man this dude's like dangerous, and I went up to him and he, he looked sort of like you know sort of small, and I mean not really small, but sort of skinny and um, you know sort of my size. Did you think you could take him? Like you like, sized him up. That's exactly what I was like. I was like this dude's a, a bad dude, man. He headbutts a guy. He has like some. But problem. I could kick his ass. <laughs> I looked at him. I was like, "Man, I could take you too." <laughs> I knew it, man. I knew it. In Mexico, and I, and I think I got it, man. <laughs> but don't don't underestimate the Corona, man. That dude. So did he didn't strike you like he had um, the crazy eyes, because that's that's what usually you know. Yeah, he's got that look, and he like, he can turn it off and on and just like wreck somebody for sure. I did notice with the scar on on the on the right side of his mouth. Like I don't, I don't know if, if he got jacked up or you know just yeah, somebody cut him. This gangster man. I don't know. Yeah, that was a broken that was a, that was a broken bottle that ended up in his cheek. Yeah. Right. Hey, hey, back back in uh, back in 03, 04, 
in, in Mac. Did you do the cheek? No, no, no. Back in the, like, it was like 04 when I was still living in Houston. Uh, I remember I was covering a game, and um, I think it was Interliga, if I'm not mistaken, and Corona was there. And, like, I remember, like, two weeks after the Interliga tournament was over, I ran into a, a girl, you know, that also went to the, you know, University of Houston. And she was showing me pictures of... Uh, did of, she take uh, a kawam out of the cheek? Uh, well, I, th- she, I think she did, because she was showing me pictures, and, like, in the in her and her friends were, like, in the hotel room, and it was Carbona and Chewy Corona, you know. So, I mean, Grant, back then, you know, it wasn't, you know, you didn't really have the, the cell phones and stuff like that, you know, but... I just, you know, what you know, Chiki's telling me about Corona. I'm, I'm thinking, dude, I wouldn't. I don't think, you know, Corona's changed that much, dude. I think, I think the, uh, you know, you know, he takes advantage of these games, you know, uh, you know, national team where he goes and, you know, does things. Who in, was the, in the one that went on a crazy naked rampage in, in a in a hotel in Chicago a few years ago? Who was that? Um, the no, I think he was trying to. They were like, there was like a. Um, they were playing music in a in a hotel room and running around, and uh, somebody called the police, and Oswaldo tried to sort of uh, man up and uh, t- you know take things down a notch. I think he got arrested. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, yeah, I think he, he got played, arrested. He played anyway. Well, the one that, the one that uh, had court problems was called Themoc in Houston because of that damn bathroom attendant Casimiro. Still mad at him. <laughs> Yeah, but look at this way. When when Guau had to come up to Houston to, to take care of that, he gave well, the Houston press we, a few well, minutes before, every time. Before he joined the, the the MLS, you know, to play, he had to take care of that, that I know. lawsuit pending. You know, he had to come up and see his lawyer and some other stuff. And he was always real friendly with the press. So he got to give the you know he gave the Houston press a couple of days of free pub. So it all remember, worked out for everybody. I remember, remember Casimiro on the news. You know, talking about you know how he was, you know, bitch slapped by Guatemoc in the bathroom attendant, and that, and that you know he's poor, and that he sends you know he only has two pairs or three pairs of pants, and that he sends everything home. I mean, he was just giving a sob story, you know. Yeah, I just, for sure. <laughs> you know, I think he was, I think he was All a right. Chivas fan, if I'm not mistaken, though. But anyhow, I digress. Moving on. So you got to watch the uh, Libertadores. I watched a little of it. I, uh, I knew that the end was gonna. I think we kind of all knew that the end was going to end the way it ended. So, uh, what Puebla is not, Puebla, you know, Puebla is not a Libertad. I mean, Faitelson, I read a tweet, you know, was it yesterday or yesterday or last night that, you know, where he says that Puebla is not a Libertadores bound team and that's it. And I, you know, very few times do I ever agree with uh, Faitelson. Puebla just did not belong there. And I mean, I honestly think that we may have to reconsider giving Copa MX the uh, the position, you know, the birth to the Libertadores because of what is it, five consecutive? Yeah. I mean, something like something ridiculous, like you know, six yeah, out five, of the, la- yeah, the last. Yeah, the last team. Yeah, the last team that went through through the qualifiers was Jaguares in 2011. So. Yeah. You're looking at four or five years in a row where um, this the team that goes through the qualifiers just doesn't go through. I mean, keep in keep in mind, you know, Copa Liber- you know, Copa MX, you're not having you, you, the best teams are either playing Copa Libertadores, you know, Copa Libertadores, straight group you know, stage, so, or yep, or or, or, or they're playing the, or the or the champions exactly. 
Well, so you're not, you know, obviously. Who is it? Is that Pern? Is that Pern? Anyway, as you were saying, that is Pernando. Yeah, he's all right. So, I I just like you know. John made the comment earlier about you know the African teams being los innocentes you know innocents. It just seems like you know Puebla were just you know committing a lot of mistakes that you would see in the in the youth. Well, you know, it's as much that, and also, I mean, gamesmanship is so important to South American teams, especially club teams. That they, it's like, how far can can we push a team before they before they snap practically? And uh, you really have to be ready for that. And uh, the Mexican teams, for whatever reason, just sometimes get caught by surprise by stuff like that. Sorry and about that. Like, is everything better? Yeah, yes. Technical difficulties. No, it's just... Uh, Did everything come out all right? Yeah, very. Right. No, no, Puebla... Obviously, I think, you know, Rustin's the better team. Uh, Puebla just... They lost They lost the uh, their, their their ticket when they, lo- you know, when they tied 2-2 right. in, 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 at home. At, at any point yesterday, did you think that Puebla had a chance? Even when it was 0-0 for a long time. 0-0 for a long time. No, I really, I really didn't. So you were, you were just waiting for the other shoe to drop. You're like, all right, what is this going to happen? I got more to make. Come on, let's no, see. No, their defense was just shaky. I mean, they were just, you know, they, 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 they didn't. The, the defense didn't connect with the midfielders. The midfielders weren't connecting with the, you know, with the, uh, the forwards. Um, there were just mental lapses, you know, defensively. Um, again, I. Copa, we need to consider Copa Mekis, you know, uh, you know, give it more legitimacy another way than you know giving a, uh, the birth to the Libertadores, because honestly, I think next year it's going to be the same thing. Uh, what uh, Chivas will play the winner of this Copa Mekis for the Super for the Super Copa Mekis to go to the next year's Copa Libertadores, you know. Wow. Okay. So I mean, so we have like you know, Christian said, what's five consecutive? You know, it's going to be six consecutive. You know, um, it's a shame. It's a so shame. you're automatically saying it's going to be a loss with Chivas next year, automatic. Well, I mean, whoever the the winner of uh, Copa MX is this year, I mean, they're going to have to play Chivas okay. for the because it's a Super Copa. I mean, because they play Apertura, Clausura. Oh, so they they play Apertura. for the yeah, okay. I understand. Yeah. You know, so. So you say uh, Chivas is going to win the Super Copa? Is what you're saying? Well, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. But so you're saying uh, they're going to win it in order for them to be humiliated at the Libertadores play- playoff. Is, is, hey, John, is, G- Chivas is actually one of the best teams, one of the best Mexican teams to play in the cup. They've, they've one of the three that made a final. Hey, the last time they made it, using Cantera, so that, that the difference is we don't have uh, Mercenarios, we don't have Petardos looking for the check. So these young guys, dude, they're they're the equivalent of of like plus Argentines. They want to get out. No, I'm confused. So, Juan. Are so you saying gonna... that that the mercenarios and the Petardos do they play now with Chivas or do they play with another team? No, I mean the ones that play like with Puebla and uh, the other Mexican teams. That's why oh, a lot of times like they Monterrey. don't. 
No, they're not. I, yeah, they're yeah. not going to flip the jerseys like Hoyle, Hoyle does have a point, you know, uh, you know. Some of the players that play like on teams like you know Puebla and you know low-level teams is that their foreigners are. You saying they're a bunch of rangy mutts? I think is what you guys are trying to say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I understand. So you saying that they're the teams like Puebla and Juan Jaguares and just like Morelia, teams like that. You guys, you guys think I they think don't have the Morelia, pedigree? I, I the think pedigree Morelia. Morelia is will be one eventually because, I mean, obviously, you know, what, in two years' time, uh, if them, you know, the Mexican Federation follows its own rules, you know, they're going to have to force uh, TV Azteca to either give up Atlas or give up Morelia. Um, man, I honestly think that the smart... Is to give up Atlas. <laughs> no, no, give up Morelia. Although, you know, although Morelia won... What, point, it seems like they'll do either team a favor by letting them go. Well, you know, it's funny you say that because, you know, Televisa sells San Luis, they sell Necaxa, they sell Atlante, and where are those three teams right now? Cemetery. Well, one of them is in the, in the cemetery. They no longer exist, uh, San Luis. I mean, there's, a, there's actually a new team. It's not that team anymore. Uh, they play in Liga de Ascenso, and, uh, and Atlante and... Uh, Necaxa, they're also in Ascenso, so I think you know that's that's going to happen to eventually to either Atlas or that's going to happen to uh, Morelia, one of those two teams. Once once TV uh, Azteca takes out the money. But, but yeah, I I think Televisa did an overall better job compared compared because uh, those teams would do good. Necaxa was doing really good. Like, well, teams were doing pretty good, and they would they would do a pretty good job of of you know like yeah, getting players for them. Did not well, get relegated. Well, they were this, dissolved. And this goes back to they were to, blown up. This was go, it was this like the, they back, were like the planet Alderon. Excuse me. <laughs> this goes back to the point that I made a couple shows earlier that you know I mean the press always talks about you know you know corruption and corruption. Well, you, there comes a point where you're going to have to prove it. You know they never did. You know Televisa. It's not like they ever favored you know uh, favored America and treated you know Necaxa and Atlanta like step, you know redheaded stepchildren. You know, actually, the proof is right there, man. It's actually quite clear. As soon as you know they stop getting, you know, the backing of the major television network. Wait, they, where, where are stop! Stop the press! Stop the press, Fernando! I don't want to interrupt you, but did somebody? Did we say La Volpe three times? La Volpe. Yeah, I'm not did did somebody use yet. the La Volpe charm? I might have. Uh, I might have uh, said it like a little bit low with the beat button on, but it still conjured up her. Did you? Did you? So you're using La Volpe charm to conjure up. Fernando, how are you, sir? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? Doing all right. If you could uh, uh, bring your volume up just to scotch, that would be great. But uh, it's good to have you on. We were talking about uh, did you get a, if you got a chance to watch the Libertadores yesterday. Oh, me now, unfortunately. No, well, you you didn't miss much, man. Uh, Puebla was just just pathetic. I mean, and, well, obviously, you know, yes, you know, they did keep the they did keep the game zero zero for you know what till the half, second half, but it's just you, you knew that they were just gonna suffer. You just knew it. Well, the partido molero was more important than that, anyway. So, <laughs> I wouldn't have watched it anyway. Would you have gone if the game was in Phoenix? Which one? The Puebla game? 
No, the Mexico. They played Senegal and Phoenix with Drew Gone. Absolutely. He would have been there front row. Senegal? You would have bought, paid the, the $300 seats to sit behind the sandwich boards. <laughs> so you could yell at Picolin. He would have had a home. He would have had a parade for the Senegal team. And he probably would have brought a. He probably would have brought selfies with some of the players because. <laughs> do, do you have the the picture with Omar Bravo hanging in your in your in your house somewhere? It's in my bathroom. <laughs> Fernando knows the African tribal mating dances, or what? What are they called again, Hoyle? <laughs> Why do they call the kid? I don't know what you're talking about here. <laughs> hey, well, at least you know that. I'm definitely getting some mating calls. Anyways, yesterday I was, I didn't, I didn't share this shit with you guys yesterday, but I was watching it at a, at a fam, uh, you know, an African family's house. I was the only one cheering for Mexico, believe it or not. That's some kind of a cool experience. What was that like? It was awesome. Pissing people's in their Did they have bubusuela? <laughs> Did you, oh, did you make you blow on one? I should have downloaded that from my phone. I'd have gone, <laughs> that would have been amazing. <laughs> You're right. But yeah, every, all the, even though they were not from Senegal, they were going for it because they were black. I was like, oh, wow. Nice. And then as soon as Mexico scored, I'm like, go. Yeah. Was, they were telling me to shut up. Something about waking up a baby or something. Were they being polite about it at least? Or? Who? Them? Yeah. Or me? No, I know you weren't being polite. You apparently got in their face and started screaming at them. No, one person, one girl says like, "Yeah, my baby. Oh, I'm sorry." Yeah, that was it. That's as far as it went. <laughs> yeah. How loud were you yelling, "Goal, man!" Did I don't you remember, shake the man. windows? It was like, it was one of those things where you, it's an euphoria. You just know that you're doing it, but you don't remember. You just remember like. Yeah. So you said you had an out-of-body experience watching yourself. You go. Absolutely. I've heard of a bunch I, of Africans. Interesting. It's like Wait. You gotta do that for the moleros. Hey, Pern, what what was that botana? Fufu. I don't know if you ever heard of that. No. It's like this. It's like dough that it has. Like, Wait. You mix it. Mix it mix I it have food. heard of it. Is it from Nigeria? No. Well, it's mainly from like Congo. That's where I've seen it the most, but it's in different countries. Yeah, but it's like dough that you mix it with other food. It's like it's like a it's like a tortilla. A you use it to grab other food. And, and oh yeah, I've had that at an Ethiopian restaurant. It's like a big pancake, and they put the food on top, and you use that, it to eat the food, like the chicken or whatever they're doing. It sounds like that a one's, taco. No, it sounds that like a taco. The, no, that one's different. That one's oh okay. Like, are are they pirateando our food? Huh? That was called like jara. That I, I actually had that too, but no, it's just totally different. It's like dough. It's like Fulsbury dough boy dough. Did you did you did you squeak when somebody poked you, like the Pillsbury <laughs> dough boy? Uh, no, not really. No. Okay. All right, gentlemen. So it's glad to have to have another with us. He's given us his thoughts on both of those. We probably need we should probably move on. Excuse me. Uh, speaking of. Uh, I guess we were talking about cheeks earlier. Let's talk about Cheech's cheek. Poor guy. How bad must a muscle tear in your in your tuchus for it to warrant being called out and then you know asking to be subbed out? Be, blame the Chivas fans. They've been kissing that ass for years. No, when um, when you have buttocks problems, it's because um, there's a lot of boom boom. 
Well, his his girlfriend is uh, she's very nice. Because think about it. I mean, when you're boom booming, you're putting it. You know, you're tightening up the buttocks muscles, so you're overstraining them. So hey. it's it's one of those things like the boxing managers always tell their boxers. You know, when they're training, don't no boom boom. If that's the case, then he can do it in perpetuity as far as, 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 far as I'm concerned because he is, his hot streak has been incredible. I've never seen a guy in a long time score the way he's scored, at least a Mexican for that matter. John, I feel he could have done the same in Madrid. Oh, absolutely he could have. And he was, he was blocked. He was cock-blocked pretty bad. Nothing hey. drives me crazy. <laughs> There was and, a quote from Valdano saying about when when you have a player going through through that you know in a hot streak you you want to play him as long as you know and so he fizzles yeah uh, yeah and, and as soon as Benzema returned they just benched Chicharo you know hey you know what do you guys think of that uh, rumor that Ancelotti is going to take over Bayern and wants to bring Chicharito. Good or bad? You know what? I don't think he wants to bring him. I think Bayern wants to bring him because they always do that. They always go after whatever player is doing really good. Right. And I, I think he just has to agree with whatever they say. They, they were talking about... I, I think he wants... Uh, I don't know how you pronounce his name. The, the Argentino Di Baila. He said Juventus. The Divio. Divio? Divio? It's like D-Y-B-A-L, something, oh, something like that. Oh, Yeah, I think that's the guy he really wants. Yeah, it, I don't think it would go good for him. There's got to be too many things to fall in the right place for him. to. He might end up with like um, in the same situation he was in with or with no, but I, I think he's smarter now. Like I, I think he would demand it on his contract to oh. get like X amount of playing time. So it wouldn't happen then. At least guaranteed. They won't do that probably. <laughs> because Ancelotti will have to agree to that, and I don't think Ancelotti will agree to that. Okay. So does anyone? <clears throat> Have any other theories as to why our boy Chicharito strained his buttocks, his left buttock? Dan, I'm sorry. What, what was the what was the the butt? I'm question? just curious if uh, if you have any thoughts about <laughs> Chicharito's left buttock. Well, I definitely think he needs to ice it. Um, I, I took athletic training for a small amount of time, and I believe the acronym is RICE. So it would be a rest, ice, compression, elevation. Um, and I think he'll be okay. But I don't know That's how right. You, how you, That's right. I don't know how you elevate your ass, though. Um, well, Ronnie, <laughs> I'm sure he. I'm sure he. He's probably could give us better insight in that. But but yeah, that's, oh, um, I'm sure he's gonna you, be fine. And and yeah, as far as the, I'm to, sorry. Yeah, I want to know Go how ahead, you apply compression to to that area. I, I know Ronnie knows. Tell us. Actually, Dan's a man on this B. one. Starts with a B and ends with a C. 
right. Um, no, what I was going to finish my thought about Chicharito is um, I really hope those rumors are just that. I actually really hope that he stays uh, at Leverkusen for a while because the team's good. They're young. Um, they're beginning. They're becoming. They're they've gotten much more popular, and I think he should stay there. It's kind of cool seeing him to be the man, and it's not the biggest club in the world, but it's still I think it's big enough where he's shining. I think if they bring like uh, players like the different set of defenders and maybe a uh, uh, an attacking mid with a different variance, I think they they will be really good. But if they don't, then Chicharito is gonna be. You know, starting forever but losing games. You know, how's that? How's that gonna work for your confidence? They're not really losing that many games, though. I mean, you think about it. I mean, they're they're still what? Are they still in fourth right now? I mean, they're gonna be there or thereabouts, pretty sure toward toward the end of the season. Um, and I think the team has improved um, from the beginning. I think they dropped a lot of points early on, but I think the team, generally speaking, is done pretty well. If they stay there, though, no Champions League for next year. Hey, Joel. Yes. Uh, do you think Chicharito, you know, like right now, staying at Leverkusen, do you think, you know, he, he it seems like he, the perception is that, you know, he has good, like, body language right now. And, like, do you think he, if he would go to Bayern Munich, do you think oh, he crap. would just, what? <laughs> just wanted to make my objection known. Go ahead. <laughs> what? Uh, I'm, just, I'm <laughs> I'm I'll be right I'm back, asking. guys. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go get a uh, take a break. I'll be back in a couple do, minutes. Do you, do you, he's, he's not gonna be a limp noodle. Hey, she said he's no Bernie Sanders, man. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think Chicharro is intimidated by. Uh, I don't think he has ever been. And, and now we're gonna celebrate. You know, we, we saw, we saw him like early on his first games. You know, his first World Cup he scored. You know, no, it's, it, I just you know like I see you know I mean I read build I I see you know pictures of him and he, he seems like he's enjoying himself right now that he like you know like what when he was with Manchester, but when you know. Did Ronnie got booted? Yeah, that's what he gets. It's because he's always. Uh, it appears that uh, hearing his Wi-Fi from the neighbor. Yeah, but that's what happens. <laughs> you know, one thing that's always uh, I've never understood about the argument Chicharito was saying was que no tiene la capacidad de jugar con los equipos grandes when he did it for four years. Exactly, yeah. I mean, like, I, no, no está para los equipos grandes. And, uh, and all he did was score 20 goals with Manchester United his first year. Well, I think the well, problem is the do. perception, no? I think it's... It's, uh, it's that body language. Well... <laughs> As it has got very little to do with body language. I think it's got more to do with the perception of Hernandez as a player. But most importantly, I think Hernandez is a player that, that came about about 10 years too late, given his skill set. You know, uh, he's come about an age where uh, for, you know, there's, there's just more that's required of forwards, and, and they want, um, you know, what Barcelona has done. Uh, you know, with Messi and and, uh, and and you know that tremendous run they had with uh, with Guardiola, it's really polluted people's minds into thinking that uh, that's the, what's what players should strive for. And uh, even yesterday, you know, during the the, the the post game analysis for the Mexico game, there was a lot of talk about Barcelona and, and how you know like that's the that's the reference point. And 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 subsequently, 
also the way the, the, the players themselves function within that system, people look at Chicharito and say, well, you know, he, you know, he's just tapping it in. He's just tapping it in. You know, he hits it with his head, with his ear, with his butt, whatever. You know, at the end of the day, you need a player that can do that, you know, and, and, and maybe his skill set isn't suited for Barcelona at its peak. I can, I can deal with that. I mean, as a fan and a, as a fan of the player, but they're not, I mean, if scoring goals was so easy, you know, anybody would be, anybody and everybody would be doing it. Well, there's, there's no question that, that Chicharito has and always had, has had the skill to play with, with, you know, the, the, the upper echelon teams. He's proven he has. I've never understood, um, that argument, and now people are saying that the team he's playing for, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's too good for that team. You know why, John? He needs to play somewhere else. It's, yeah. You know why, why John? Because they, they look at skill, when, like when you say skill, and they want to see like... Stepovers like, and... You know, yeah, yeah, ball dribbling, like something Neymar or Messi would do, but... Right. But, you I, know, would say, I would say something that Chicharro has that's world-class is his off-the-ball movement. Absolutely. And Absolutely. He's, He's really good, and it's very difficult to mark him. He's and he's very fast. Of course, and we can we have we have reference points within the national team of players that play up top that you know could be argued that they're more skilled or whatever, but they don't they don't knock in the goals the way Hernandez does. He did have a nice uh, step over a few games back. Yeah, he scored a nice goal. You're right. They're comparing that to the Ronaldo goal. I remember from Brazil whenever he played the World Cup. It's just it's just easy to knock the guy, you know. He's he's uh he can be clumsy or he can pull a step over and and you know score a nice goal in the bottom corner. It's just you know that's just that's just the player that he is, you know. That's just that's what we have, and I think that you know he could perform at a, you know if given the time he could perform consistently for for a good team for you know an upper echelon team. But, you know, when you think about it as well, I mean, Real Madrid or Bayern Munich or Barcelona, they can go out and buy Luis Suarez or, you know, any other kind of player that is more, maybe more suited to that modern day, you know, that, that has those attributes that, that people from China and, and India and, 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 you know, anywhere else will tune in to watch these games. And these are the guys, these are the people that buy the Bayern Munich jerseys for $100 or $150 or... Or we'll take that how much they are? Yeah, yeah. Hey, Christian, Christian, uh, you guys were talking about you know Chicharito. If he goes to Bayern and stuff like that, you know Guardiola, they're going to be tra- playing that you know Barcelona tiki taka type style. Uh, so obviously Barcelona right now is with the uh, MSN. So you do you think Chicharito's like more capable to be playing like you know with the BBC combo over there? Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I don't listen. You know, on the one side of it, you know, on the serious, on the serious side of it, um, you really I go a long way for this. I don't know. I don't know if he's, <laughs> he's been suffering for the last twenty minutes. I don't know. Listen, I don't know if he can take this. the BBC, man. I, I can tell. I can tell you that. I don't know if he can take the BBC. I don't know if he can contribute to the BBC uh, at that level. But he's a guy who's gonna knock him in. You know, and all you need is a tip. You know, you get the tip in. You put the goals in, everybody's happy, you know? Everybody cheers. We all celebrate. Hey, I got a question. The uh, Remember Jared, Jared Borghetti a long time ago? He uh, he got stared down by Goot. Remember that? 
Yeah, the Gucci. The Gucci. Yes, that stupid picture that that the that the Neds like to the, to the use. Stare down. Yeah, yeah. Right. Michael Bradley recently tried to stare down Chicharito. So who who had the better uh, the better body language between Jared Borghetti and Chicharito? Ooh. Oh, Chicharito all the way. We, we need to see a picture for that. Do you need Chiquis. proof? Yeah. Chiquis, like. <laughs> I, agree. I think Jared was look, like looking down. He was he had it you know. It reminded me of somebody, but he was looking down when Gooch was all, all in his face. So. You too, dude. I mean, you know, no <laughs> offense. That's to... a great question. <laughs> was he emasculated? Was Was he covering his balls too? I don't even know the context behind this, man. I'm just going with what I thought. I don't... Uh, <laughs> you know, we'll we'll end it here with this chicharito bit, but. You know, for anyone to think that Chicharito would be offend, uh, uh, intimidated by anything, it just cracks me up. Go, knowing the guys that he's had to go up with over the past, what I guess is what is his sixth year that he's over there. What's gonna What's gonna intimidate him? I think. I think Martin, a couple years back, wrote an article uh, defending Chicharito, and uh, I mean, he was asking rhetorical questions like, you know. Like I, the type of questions that he was asking, you know, who here is a, you know, works for the like the best company in their field, and is among like the top ten or top twenty players, you know, you know, or who holds a position, a profession, and is considered, you know, the you know, the best in the top, you know, ten in the world. So I mean, he was trying. He was the point that Martin was trying to use was that the criticisms onto Chicharito were unfair because I mean, the guy, you know, Manchester United, Real Madrid, and now you know, you know, Leverkusen. You don't get there by you know, by accident or by tapping balls or, or you know, fluke goals and stuff like that. You get there because you know you're an elite player. Right, and the other thing that Chicharito has, and I think that you, you forgot if, if, Chivas in the lineup, but no. go ahead. But hey, you can the one thing, and then and if for young players that that admire Chicharito, if there's one aspect of his game that I really want him to copy and emulate, it is for his professionalism and his work ethic. I don't think anybody works harder than that guy, and I don't think anyone is a better pro than the way that Chicharito conducts himself both on and off the field. No, yeah, no. So, you're right, you're right, John. Because one of the, yeah. you know, what I remember, you know, when Chicharito was first year in uh, in Manchester, I remember my uh, my brother. I mean, he he watches soccer, but he doesn't watch it as you know religiously as I do. I remember he made a comment. Saying, dude, Chicharito, I mean, he bulked up. I mean, you could tell. I mean, he puts in the hours, man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, no physically, you know, he put in the, the, the gym, practices. He's I mean, made himself I, a better player. He's yeah. a guy that's that's perfectly aware of his shortcomings and his work to sort of shorten that gap, you know, and, and sort of, you know, uh, take his strengths to a new level. I mean, I, I, I there has been a lot of debate, especially this year, given his form about, what his real quality is, you know, what, uh, where he stands with with uh, with regards to the top players in the world, um, it's it's hard to say, you know, because this is all very subjective. But but I think that he's definitely in the top five when it comes to players in the box. You know, Chicharito has the greatest quality. He scores exactly. goals. Exactly. Period. 
every team needs a guy that scores goals, you know. I mean, especially, you know, when, when uh, one of the things that kills me, you know, when it comes to analyzing the, uh, the, the talent level of, of Liga MX and the players that are eligible for the national team is you hear a lot of uh, sort of vague analysis in the sense that people will say, well, we don't have a lot of forwards, you know. No hay muchos delanteros. And that's fine. That's fine. But but that's not a problem that's exclusive to Mexico. You know, there's just you know putting the ball in the back of the net as simple as it seems. That's a worldwide the problem. Thing to do, you know, exactly, exactly. And you know, and, and it, I, I'm I'm perfectly sure of this that five ten years on the road, when Chicharito retires or or you know eventually you know he comes off that peak. No, uh, we're gonna celebrate. We're gonna say, hey, you know, we we need a player like him. And then people will say, well, remember the ten years when he was playing in Europe and knocking in the goals and people, all they could find was ways to pretty much knock him down. You know, it's one of those things where you don't know what you got until it's gone. And, and That happened with Borghetti, that happened with Hermosillo, that happened with Hugo Sanchez. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, they tear everybody down. It's so Chicharitos, within the context of the national tradition, will be probably on a, on a, on a, on a level closer to, um, you know, uh, above, I think, you know, those guys, I think, I think personally, at the end of the day, when it's all said and done after the next World Cup and whatever else he does after that, I think he'll be remembered as a guy that's on a level above those guys. You think he'll be above uh, Hugo Sanchez? Well, that's the thing. Hugo Sanchez, you know, with a national team, you know, um, and and you know, when I was when I was younger, by the time I started really be you know being a fan of the national team, Hugo was pretty much in the you know he was pretty much done. You know, the whole thing that happened in '94. Where uh, you know Mejia Arón didn't put him in, or or wanted to put him in in a in a position that he didn't want to play, and that was kind of the end of it for Hugo with the national team. Uh, but but the numbers don't you know he he didn't do much with the national team in that sense. Uh, Club wise, he obviously did, but but you know I I think that Chicharito will be probably a little bit higher than Hugo with the national team when it's all said and done. Ch yeah, Chicharito's Ch 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 obviously done a lot more with the national team than Hugo. Couple of things, couple of things. Uh, before, before, we, before we, hang on, hang on. Ahead, couple of ahead. things, couple of things. Don't bust that nut yet. All right, it's great. So, <laughs> Hugo Sanchez, yes, maybe he may not have scored as many goals as some other players have for the national team. You have to remember they were banned for two years. Yeah, their so their best. The yeah, they, they, yeah, their peak. They missed the World well, Cup. He was at his maximum. So there's there's that. And and until somebody does what Hugo did at the club level, where he did it, and with a team he did it. Yeah. There's there's no comparison. And there's probably gonna it's gonna be a long time before anybody does that. I mean, not just Mexicans. I mean, yeah, period, exactly. The, the closest Anything. comparison to what Hugo did. Uh, I mean, in the modern times, you're looking at Messi, Ronaldo, probably Ibrahimovic, just constantly scoring yeah. goals. Look, look how much praise these guys get, and Hugo did it five times in a row. Right, right, yeah. So I mean, that's the thing. You got to separate the club and the national team. I don't think Chicharito will have as as illustrious a career as a uh, as as a uh, Hugo Sanchez, because Hugo Sanchez really did literally touch the sky when he was at Real Madrid. But with a national team, I think the argument could be made in favor of Hernandez. Hernandez, for all you poachers out there. No, and uh, you know, and Chicharito, I agree, <laughs> yeah, has, but uh, he's going to have to go again, go a real long way to matching Cuauhtémoc if he wants to be considered the best national. To That's play. probably a good comparison. There. But, you know, but he will be the all-time leading goal scorer. Yeah, right. the, the, yeah, he'll he'll get that probably by the end of the year. Did any of you but, guys actually happen to watch the that interview that 
um, Hector Herrera did with um, with FIFA. It's kind of interesting when he spoke about Rafa, saying that he by far the the best player that Mexico's ever produced. I'm not sure if it was. I'm not sure if it's, that's what he really thinks, but it was actually interesting hearing him say that above above putting putting Rafa above Hugo. I, mean, I think Rafa, he has a good different positions. That's, I think that could be very well be true. You can make the argument. I mean, Rafa. You have to remember, this is a kid that captained a national team at 22. You know, he left Liga MX, or in that you know at that point it wasn't really branded as Liga MX, but he went to Monaco. He, he was defender of the year. I think he was like 20, league champion. League champion, defender of the year in France. Do you guys do you guys remember his first international, his first Copa America? I remember it vaguely. In Mexico, I mean, Chile, Mexico, Chile, and uh, Chile at that point had Salas and Zamorano. Were he and Torrado the stars of that team? Yeah, and and the funny thing is that uh, the Monaco scouts had gone to see uh, one of the Chilean players, and they they ended up. Ended up, they ended up taking uh, Rafa. You know, yeah, well, they took both of them, but I mean, those two strikers were. Speaking of Rafa, um, now that we have a good chance to move to another topic, in this case, what? Liga MX. What? Yes, who's who's making a? Someone's making a margarita. I think uh, maybe that's Fernando. Fernando. <laughs> My apologies. Yeah, keep keep the margarita making on mute, please. Now, as I was, I was saying, a um, good, good, good segue for us to talk about Liga MX. I think we have uh, uh, Joel pointed this out earlier when we were having our, our production meeting that uh, Rafa had some very interesting things to say this week about Atlas, and I think I have it here. No lo sé. Digo, es también parte de la adaptación, parte del nuevo técnico. También carecemos de ciertas cosas en el equipo, por ejemplo, no tenemos laterales naturales en el equipo, entonces se intenta también adaptar a ciertos jugadores para esas posiciones, entonces digo, con lo que tenemos tenemos que seguir trabajando, tenemos que tratar de encontrar un equilibrio y mejorar en, en, nuestra, en nuestros partidos, pero aún así, digo, tenemos que mentalizarnos a hacer lo mejor que se pueda durante este torneo. Ha cambiado eh, la directiva eh, ya de hace un año o más, si no me equivoco, y bueno, eso eh, pues ha cambiado también la filosofía del equipo. Ahora, como te digo, creo que son otros dueños que a lo mejor no están muy interesados en las fuerzas básicas y buscan los resultados rápidos, pero desafortunadamente, pues no... Hoy en día no tenemos laterales. Strong words from uh, someone who, as you guys pointed out, got to leave at a very young age because of the uh, tutelage and teachings that he received. Of course, his natural ability as well. But you know, someone who graduated from an academy sees this very same academy he graduated from in tatters, according to him. Is, is he is he describing more than just uh, Atlas? I think he's describing a lot of teams. Yeah, specifically, but I think he he could be talking about I mean No, no Chiqui, no. It applies to others, man. <laughs> everyone wants no the, way, no, no. everyone wants the title. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say it. No, I'm not, talking, say I'm not talking about Chivas. About I'm not talking about well Chivas I mean they're in a bad situation anyway. They're not worrying about uh Fuerzas Basicas, but other other teams are more 
interested in winning the, the Copa instead of bringing in young players and working on all that stuff, even though that stuff helps. But I sort of agree with him. I totally understand where he's coming from because he's used to be playing a, a, a style of football, like La Volpe style, que juegan, you know, they play from the back. So him, you know, struggling with not having the right place in the right position, you know, just on, they don't play the natural laterales. I totally understand them, you know, it's out of his element. Yeah, but but also he. But, but hey, hold, hold on, excuse me, uh, hold. On. Keep in mind, okay, that look, he left Atlas. Atlas was a basically a non-prof uh, organization. Right now, they're a corporation uh, from tele, uh, from uh, TV Azteca. Uh, I mean, Morelia wasn't known, was never known to produce uh, players in in you know in bunches. Yeah, but Morelia so, before they were bought out by TV Azteca did not have the reputation of of, of doing that. So, 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 well, exactly, and that's what, that, and that's my point. It's not, it's not just the entire. You know, Beto was saying, "Well, no, that's just everybody." I said, "No, no, that's not everybody." Chivas produces, you know, or, you know, they, they've had their rough pumps, but for the most part, they produced. Puma would produce. America produced. I mean, they just recently they won, they won the what the the, the under twenties like three, four times in a row. Pachuca obviously was is doing well. You know, well. you work you work that comment in almost as much as dick jokes. I've noticed. You're a guy, you 20, three time what? champions. Bam! Did I ever tell you about the time they won five matches in eight, game, in eight days? No, I try to throw that one in there all the time. Yeah. No, no, yeah. No, but I'm just saying, it's just, I understand the I don't think it's a knock that he's, you know, bashed, you know, that he's bashing TV, TV Azteca. But you know, it's it's just it is a, it's a, uh, it's an observation that's you know right. I mean, they like a wake up have, call. It, no, it's just Devasteca. They actually they have a completely different philosophy than than what Atlas used to. Well, yeah, and, and I was gonna say he. I mean, he came out in, during the. Wait, keep, he, keep he, he came mind. out. Okay. Go ahead, Joel. Go ahead, Joel. Yeah. 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 Ronnie. Yeah. 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 Come on. Come on. My hand's been up for ten minutes. Uh, he came out. He came out of Atlas. Uh, uh, he benefited from from the youth setup from around the time that that Bielsa had helped set up. So I mean, I bet he could see the difference, you know, from from how they were just producing all type of players, and and for a long time the national team was was the core group was all Atlas. I mean, there's no question they produce players. I mean, Bor Borghetti, the Pardo. Turn of the century, yeah. You just go down uh, the what list. It, what was it? it was Borghetti, Pavel Pardo, Rafa Marquez. Daniel Osorio. Daniel Osorio, Cepeda. You had, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, you had like three keepers, you know. Cabuto, uh, you had, who was the other one? Uh, forget the name. Do you guys think that Atlas has is, is, is been as bad as it is because, because uh, Huerta... Is a fan of theirs. Do you think that that is that's the curse of Huerta? Yeah, definitely plays a huge part in it. <laughs> There's no question it does. Absolutely. Well, well, you know what's the name? El Perro Bermudez is also Atlas. You know, so you never know. Yeah, but he's also a spaz. So yeah, but Perro Bermudez is a, a, just a you know chronic cynic. I I honestly think that you know they needed to. The Mexican, you know, legal system needed to, I, I guess, do what they did in Spain, where you know you had the SAA, you know, the Sociedad Anónima, 
but they created something specifically for soccer teams where it was, they go now they call them now uh, Sociedad Anonymous Deportivas SAD. So basically it's almost like a hybrid of a non-profit but also a for-profit organization. Right. They and call those not-for-profit. Non-for-profit. Well, it's, well it's, it's kind of like a hybrid. And yeah, I think, they're called not-for-profits. Like, oh, we don't make any profits. Well, no, technically, AC, uh, no, no, La Asociación Civil is a non-profit. That's what they, that's what they were. Right. But, what, what, but no, now, they're a, saying, now they're a not-for-profit. Uh, In other words, uh, the NFL is a not-for-profit. Right, 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 right. Period. But uh, I mean, what, I, what I'm what I'm saying is that you know they should have done something to keep like you know Chivas a non-profit to keep you know uh, Atlas a non-profit to keep. I, I think the only one that is still not well, they're actually a co-op, uh, Cruz Azul. Uh, but I, I think that's that was really the the thing that forced Chivas or Atlas to basically you know. Kiss their academy, kiss their ways, because they just weren't making the money anymore. Was Cruz Azul? Did you say Cruz Azul? No, no, Cruz Azul is not a uh, non-profit. They're a co-op. Oh. Y la Cruz Azulio? Yep. Okay. Fair enough. I noticed on uh, Saturday that Santos played Panamerica. Final score was two-zero. Oribe scored the first one, and he did the, the no celebro bit. Oh, he looked genuinely upset about it. Yeah, it was like you could just tell he wanted to throw up. So he had I hate, to do it. I hate – you could tell. He definitely had I, – I hate this effing team uh, look on his face, but yeah. take this freaking goal already. You, you know what it reminded open. me of? Remember in Game of Thrones, the very first scene when Ned Stark has to cut that guy's head off? He's like, yeah. his duty. He's like, I must that's, do this. That's what Oribe looked like. He looked like Ned Stark. That was a really nice goal, too, though. <laughs> I mean, yeah. uh, Paul Aguilar, yes. you know, danced around. I, I, who was the left back? I, I can't remember who the left back for Santos was. Puts in a beautiful cross. Oribe gets his dome on it. It was a, it was a nutmeg. It was a nutmeg, and then he crosses it. Yeah, it was pretty. It was really nice. Uh, and I think it just highlights that, uh, you know, uh, there are a couple of players that can play on that side of the field. For uh, for the national team, you know. Yep. But um, yeah, I, it was a decent game. What was your take on it, Dan? The officiating. Oh, here we go. Uh, honestly, I, I didn't think it was that terrible. There were some questionable calls that that, that went against this, and it's like, well, I mean, nobody got beat up. I didn't really um, think the loss was really attributed to that. I think um, I think going forward, uh, Santos had very little. Idea of how to how to break the defense, or or maybe I don't know. If maybe the the intention was just to sit back because it just seemed like the first half they were content with just messing up the game, and America slowly toward the latter half of the sec of the first half kind of gained control and started creating chances. And it just I was thinking like you know if we can just get out of the get out of the first half uh, with a zero zero tie and maybe kind of shake the nubs or. or but uh, unfortunately, the goal did fall right before the halftime, and I think at that point, I pretty much thought the game was going to be over, even though they kept it close to the end. Now, obviously, you know that America hasn't been playing well at home. Do you think America used Santos as a slump buster? Nonsense. Um, actually, what I would say, what I would say is quite to the contrary. I think both. I think most objectives or most people that that watch were thinking that this was kind of a. a a, tr a good test for both teams because of 
how the seasons have panned out, and I think everybody kind of figured this was a good, a good solid matchup to see of the, of the stronger teams. Now, personally, I think it, it was like a failed test for Santos because all their victories have kind of come against weaker opposition. At least that's what it looks like now. And um, and for America, this is a, I think a, I think they would consider this a quality win, even though they're not going to want to admit to it. I think as the the amount of there was some kind of hype building up to this game. I think everybody kind of saw it as it was in them. It was game of the week. Congratulations, Ronnie. Your team won. Well, you didn't you didn't say that. You told me to eat a dick. I mean, sorry. I thought it was a bag of dicks. <laughs> no, he, he, he told me, you told me to eat a dick. I was, dick, just, <laughs> I was just letting you. I was just figuring you were hungry, and I figured you know maybe you're busy with all that mole. You know maybe he's just don't forget to eat. <laughs> maybe you figured it was it was the way that he celebrates. To our fans, to our fans, we you know I actually wanted to bet Dan uh, before this game, and I wanted to put you know uh, put it you know all on the line, but uh, I don't think Dan read the tweets. It's okay, man. You can you can guys fight about all those scraps or whatever, but let's just remember that who's the super leader? Monterrey. That's the one you should be talking about. Let's preface your last win, though. So, I mean, you know, statistics, like, uh, as Ronnie is very familiar with, statistics can easily be manipulated to, to present any kind of argument. Um, so that stat of them being super leader, I mean... How can we can pretty much add? You, you can pretty much add the three points to whoever the Dorados is playing, and then just give give those points. So I'm not overly impressed with the, with, with the three points. I, I think Dorados plays Pumas this weekend. I got a feeling that Dorados is going to get their first win. It's Chivas Junior, anyway. Well, I think at this point, well, when everybody's thinking like they're bound to break the slump at some point, and it's just like who's going to be that sorry ass team that that, oh, it's that, gonna be Pumas. that has to have egg on their face. I don't even think Dorados has scored a goal. Yeah, I just remember the ref issue with the America game. America made a uh, got a shot. Oh no, Santos took a shot. The America guy was like flying up in the air with his arms out, hit the guy in the arm, and they didn't call a handball. And Santos, the Santos coach was going. Yeah, they. I think that, there was another one later on too. So, so you can see that America in one in one week, the refs will be against them. Right. And Colisado had to go and all that stuff. But then another week, the refs will sort of be like, "Let's go, let's 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 let them get a win." <laughs> I'm not gonna get it. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not gonna get you any more press passes. Well, they gotta <laughs> let them get a win so that they don't make it obvious that they're against. We we were tweeting about this. I didn't even remember until Ronnie mentioned where. So, they, so, they, so they pick on Santos. <laughs> I don't know. It's just random. It's just incompetence all around. Just the name out of the hat. I think my Santos are, are one of the most legit organizations in the league, and I think they deserve a little bit better than that. <laughs> I, I, there's some, something I don't like about Santos. I don't like that uh, Alejandro Inagorri. Why don't you like what him? Don't you like about him? Did he snub uh, you? No, it's just when they were building uh, territory. Did you guys Santos, show up one day wearing the same outfit? No, like, no, it's, no. It's because I think he values foreigners. No, well. That that kind of just pisses me off. But the thing they're always hiring foreigners, these guys. But no, when they were building their new stadium, yeah, I remember I saw a pic I remember I saw a picture of him and like there was all the engineers and all the architects and they're all wearing uh He was in a picture? All, no, no, no. They were all How wearing uh, construction, you know, you know, uh, construction helmets. 
And you know what type of construction helmet he had on? He had one that was shaped like a goddamn cowboy hat, but it was in plastic. I mean, he looked like such a tool, like a, like a fucking tool. It's like Jesus, you know you don't. Jordan, it sounds like you were thinking, you were saying, "Why didn't I think of that?" That's right. No, yeah. he, beat that's you he, he beat you to it, man. No, no, you know, it's just like he's like Jesus, what an idiot. You know, I mean, you're walking around there with architects. You're walking around there with engineers. You're working. You're on a job site. I think it's kind of at cool. least look the part. At what least look the part. What a valid reason to dislike someone running. What's that? What it, it's the body language. It matters. Yes, of course. That's a perfectly valid reason to hate somebody, man. I mean, let's be honest. So you're saying Ronnie. when you really want to send somebody a message, Ronnie, you send them a. A box that has a plastic cowboy hat in him, so they really know. He <laughs> was, was just—he looked like a tool, dude. You have to. How you feel like, about? I think he just described every rich guy though, with too much money. No. They're all no. pretty douchey men. I'm. In fact, I'm gonna find that picture right now. Yeah. On, uh, on face on on the big soccer, I'm gonna have to try to find this. Ronnie has a mission. You'll have to find that picture. Well, this week. I believe that Santos plays Monterey, and I want to say that that when does Santos play now? Because they they're one of those teams that never has a set schedule. Do they play on Friday night? Is it Saturday night? <coughs> I think it just depends on who we're playing. Oh, really? So it's not like Pumas where I know that Pumas is going to be on at noon every other Sunday. No, I usually got to keep my head on a swivel just to make sure I, um, I don't miss it because oftentimes they will stick them on Friday. Oh, so that's what, that's what this is playing tomorrow. Teams. Yeah, they're playing Friday, Monterrey. Yeah, so that's Friday, what I guess. Those little teams get pushed around. Yeah. And somehow we still managed to add additional stars at a higher rate than almost just about everybody, just with the exception of a few. So you guys are going to bet something? And in turn? I think we should. Oh, shit, man. I don't think Dan has the balls. Uh, wow. Super leader. How's my body language right now? My shoulders are, are slumping. And well, what's the bet? Your voice is quivering. What's the bet? No, that's my Sunday. Don't get us confused. And he's, he's egging me on. He's like, fuck him up, Dan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how much money. We're betting money? Wow, cash. Hard cash from Pern. Is that regal? <laughs> Across states, yeah. Why not? Um, yeah, dude. I'll I'll bet you uh, twenty bucks. Is that is that enough for you? If that's what you can, that's cool. <laughs> oh yeah. Dude. I snap. I stole Cheeky's twenty-five for his for his plane ticket. So yeah, I'm a little bit behind. Um, says the bill All right. So what does a tie do? Just split, no, no no money split. No, yeah, yeah. Just uh, we'll just leave it. Uh, okay. we'll just leave it at that. Well, then you could make it interesting. You know, somebody can give somebody odds and throw the tie in as a kicker. Just saying. Well, you see, know, someone who maybe might be confident say, you know what, I am so confident we're going to win this game that if they lose or tie, I'm going to give you twenty-five bucks for the twenty. My my issue is that I'm way too centered and I'm well too thought out to so I'm I'm sure you're talking about Fernando. Wait, what? 
I'm sorry, I got lost track of meaning. Meaning, if saying, you're so you know, someone who is confident might want to throw the tie in as a as a kicker. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like if you're so if you're so sure about your sorry ass sheen, <laughs> why don't you make it just a clear bet? Like, say, hey, you know, even if we tie, I I lose. That's, That's what he's right. saying. Okay, I'm down. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. You're, All you're, right, it's a, it's a bet. Your Funis Mori is not going to let uh, Monterrey tie. Not only did he throw the gauntlet, he put the gauntlet into the shape of a middle finger before he threw it. Very impressive. I'm just glad that, I'm just glad that, I, that I somehow improved my odds. Even if, it, even if I end up losing, though, at least I played it smart. Well, that's good, see? Whatever helps you, man. Yeah, I'd rather talk my way into to get an advantage. That's what she right. said. Well, our uh, time's just about up. I'm just curious if uh, any of you folks have anything to add before we wrap it up here tonight. I just wanted to, um, well, we actually passed the 20-minute mark. I wanted to give a shout-out to our boy, D. Great, because he always tunes out about 20 minutes in. And, uh, you know, I hope this time you stuck around, man. I hope you stuck around. You listened to this. So, in other words, your message is coming an hour late. An hour and 17 minutes late. That yeah, that's all right. I'm sure he's still listening, or tomorrow maybe. I'm pretty sure he's maybe he's. Do you think he's the kind of guy that would get offended by the first dick joke and just turn it off? Well, you have to question your friends if they get offended by dick jokes, you know? That's oh, true. maybe he has your voice on, on a loop right now in his bathroom. Hey, well, hey now. I, uh, I'd hope not, for sure. Uh <laughs> Uh, any any kind of thoughts? I mean, uh, we're gonna have uh, some interesting games this weekend, and I'm kind of. I have a I have a, a comment or a question for you for the panel here. Well, it's um, either a comment or a question. <laughs> so, just for you, actually, who do you think is this? Is actually a Spaso question right here. Who's the, be- who's the better player, Mario Gotze or Chicharito, even with the butt injury? Well, that's a rough one. I mean, Mario Gotze is a World Cup champ. I think that uh <laughs> says a lot there. He doesn't play for his team, though, right? He doesn't, he doesn't play for his team too much? He doesn't play a lot, only, but mostly because he doesn't quite fit into uh, what Guardiola is doing. And, and it's not really a big deal because he's leaving anyway. So I think uh, he'll become an integral part of uh, the Bayern Munich attack uh, once Guardiola le- You know, he's going to leave. And, and, you know, you got... Uh, uh, you know, Arjun Robin and uh, Frank Ribery are, are getting up there, and I'm not sure how much longer they'll be able to to really be, you know, full-time contributors. So, I mean, it's a bit of a he's got to bide his time a little bit. But I mean, if worse comes to worse, he could always just go back to Dortmund. You know, it's not a big deal. I think at the end of the day, the guy has a World Cup ring, and we're sitting here talking about it. <laughs> well, I was just asking, has you know, guys know if Mario Götze has ever scored that many goals in the season? For any German team, I don't think he has. His one goal he scored is more valuable than any any goal Chicharito scored. I could say that. Nah, I'm with you there. There's no question. No mm-hmm. question. Well, Albert, now that you've uh, had your first press box experience, are you going to go back for seconds? Yeah, man, I gotta own my I gotta hone my skills. That was fun. That was that was good to. Be around all those dudes. And was there out. any cheering in the press box? I thought I was embarrassed when they'd cheer. Any, any cheering in the press box? No, there wasn't no, che- no cheering. No, everyone was very quiet. Yeah, some people were just like talking and, and just talking amongst themselves. and Not even watching the game? Yeah. Well, I'm not sure they were, but they were, 
They were discussing. They were distracting. Oh, I, I don't think I mentioned, but Fernando Fiori was sitting on the front row during the press conference, and he was just, like, relaxing, just, like, not even paying attention, just, just like, chill. What does he do now? Like, where's he work? He's on Fox. He got kicked. He got booted out of Univision. They brought Fox. us some He's younger... Uh, He's going to be on the World Cup. He's going to be on Fox's World Cup coverage in 2018. doing English, though, right? Or is it Spanish as well? In English, which is English. That's even more cringeworthy. Yeah, he's. What is he going to bring to the table? I mean, the the Fox guys have a couple of national team players from the U.S. Uh, former national team players. He's going to bring. <laughs> he's going to bring L three to Fox. Uh, they already started. They they, they had the first you know, last time. Fernando's got a point. They got a. They got the rights for the English language rights. Uh, I guess they must have taken them from uh, ESPN. ESPN used to do uh, national team games in English. Yeah, they want to get the. Uh, the Azteca game in the qualifier. That that that's why they take the rights. But this goes to the point that I made before, like on, on a previous episode, of how just bad bilingual um, journalists are that I could pull it off in English. Because man, that guy's such a clown. You know, I really trashed him last year when I was running for Big Soccer, and I yeah. felt that the dude responded to me because apparently, uh, Univision. Took the because because like the headline said you know obviously they didn't read the article, or maybe they did I don't know, but it said Univision Deportes is is Univision sorry Univision Deportes is killing it oh. at the World Cup, right? And I wrote that, but then I said but but you know the best part about it is is that is that he is less and less part of the deal because I just never liked the guy. I always like you guys said I just thought he was a clown. I just thought he was, well I said what I said. Yeah, but um, yeah, and he he responded to me. He's like, he's like, you should never say, you know, unless you walk in someone's someone's shoes. Uh, it was it was uh, interesting that he responded. Oh, he must have. Well, well that's true. Kind of, yeah, but he I was. Guess, you know, but, but but he seen him how just he he literally clowns it up. I mean, that's what he brings. Um, on Republic Republica Deportiva was just him with a bunch of shtick that he doesn't do well and now he's yeah. basically offering that in English cuz I don't see I don't think he ever analyzed I don't think he was ever really well no. spoken on on the actual Xs and Os in a, in a game no. and now he's going to be a, considered a, an expert not at all because he because he because he covered the league for a long time which in that sense yeah he is knowledgeable in that respect but yeah but he's not he's never he was never an analyst even going back to like the 98 World Cup when Univision had or they they you know they've had the right his first world cup yeah he was the guy that was like I found it I found it oh no hold on hold on hold on it's in the uh Mexican stadium thread number 2 um but shit, you can't add, you can't see the pictures. They're no they're they're no well, longer. Why don't I interrupt? Why don't I interrupt for a second, just real quick? Okay. See, Joel, if you would have used this kind of dedication that Ronnie just did to to find this picture, you might have found the third shooter. You might have found the third shooter. I get <laughs> I I gave up after some uh, some of those uh, pictures of holding hands. They were being posted. Oh my God! Okay, hand holding threw me off. Hey, Chiquis, you're the you're the security expert here. Okay, uh, football de primera FDP posted back in '09. Uh, avances territorio Santos Modelo. What happened to that guy? Uh, he died. No. So anyhow, he posted he posted one of the pictures 
And I responded, I would fire that guy for wearing that shit. Because FDP kind of wrote, I got to find me one of those cowboy-style hard hats. No joke. Yeah, well, I, would, I wouldn't mind having one of those, too, just to have it. I'm not sure I would wear it around, you know. I would probably uh, buy one of those and send it to you by mail and say, have get some thicker skin. You know, the, the cowboy hard hat is a lot like the scarf. It's a lot like um, not, the cardigan. Not, not, ca- not cowboys like, gotta, like, like you, the Dallas gotta, Cowboys. I'm talking like a cowboy hat, but it's like a construction hat. Like a 10-gallon uh, hat made out of plastic. No, no, I, I get it. I get it. And what I'm saying is that <laughs> if you're a gangster, if you're a gangster, which obviously you're not, Ronnie, but if you were a gangster, you could pull that off without even, without even batting an eye. Yeah, he's got just a point. Like, just like the cardigan and just like the scarf. Only insecure, only, only insecure little men... Oh, Jesus, they work hard. Real men rock the cowboy hat. He's got a point. Zero insecurities, my friend. Dan, are you saying similar to, like, body language? Are you wearing (laughs) a cardigan right now, Dan? That's exactly Uh, what it is. I I wore it on Monday. Monday's cardigan day, apparently. Today I'm wearing an extra Pull over. Pull over. Good Lord. No. All right, well, I think that that's on that note. We should it's probably, a cardigan, uh, but thanks put, for put, asking. Put, uh, <laughs> put yeah. it into the show. We have run a little late on time. You know, you know where that's from? It's from uh, Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> <laughs> Pull over. Pull over. <laughs> All right. All right. In the uh, Los Acero podcast, thank you guys for joining us again. And... Uh, didn't see any questions this time, but uh, for you folks that uh, are listening on iTunes, please uh, be sure to catch us live or on YouTube every Wednesday, usually around uh, sometime between 9 and 9.30 Central, which is uh, 10.30 Eastern, and uh, 8 Pacific and 7 Pacific, or I'm sorry, 8 Mountain and 7 Pacific. So really glad that you were able to join us tonight. Christian, thank you very much. Thank you, lads. Danielle, always a pleasure. Thank you. A pleasure as always. Albert, you popped your cherry. Congratulations. <clears throat> Thank you. Have fun. Fernando? Thank you. Thank you so uh, much. And very interesting I, bet. We're going to have to keep an eye on that. Definitely. And you know what? Dan needs to have that little picture of that, that guy that says you're going to get raped whenever he talks to Rona, <laughs> Ronnie. Well, I think we can probably don't have to uh, worry about that or have that. Joel, always a pleasure. Like likewise, likewise, John. And Ronnie Deluna from up in Philadelphia, making your mole. Thank you so much as always. Thank you, guys. Well, this has been the Dos Acero podcast, but don't forget to join us next week, uh, about the same time, nine nine thirty, and of course you can uh, catch us live on YouTube or. Listen to the archive version. You can download it off iTunes. My name is John Jagu, and it's been a pleasure, and we will talk to you guys next week.